cliffcentral.com. another Wednesday. It's five minutes past 12. I'm Pumima Shekho and you're tuned in to Womandla. Yeah, we had to start with that one. Hey, we're talking bills. And just so you know, if you're thinking, what the hell is going on? Michelle's coming in a little bit early this week. We're getting you prepared. You've got two weeks to go. On the 1st of July, it's the new filing season. Tax season, babies. Tax season starting up. So Michelle Dave is here in the studio with me. And we've actually got a tax practitioner in the studio who's got a broken collarbone. I was like, what? Tax practitioners do fun things like that? And he was like, yeah, they definitely do. And Yako Smith is with us. He's joining us and he's going to tell us everything that we need to know. And remember, girls, remember. So tax, tax avoidance is legal. It's tax evasion that is illegal. So. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> We're learning a little bit about what you should be putting on those tax returns, what you can be doing to avoid paying too much tax, yeah? Yes. Which is legal. Welcome, Yako. Thank you very much. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, all. <laughs> so, first things first. Let's talk about first-time filers. You know, there's this this thing, e-filing, there's everything gets upgraded onto that. Because when I started filing taxes, you'd get that form from SARS with all the little blocks. That's correct, yeah. And some stuff would be in there and a lot of stuff wouldn't be. And now there's, it's a lot more simple. So what's the what to expect when that when the first of July comes and the e-filing is open for you to do your taxes or you get your little form? Do people still get that form? You can get a form, but they want you to rather do it electronically. Um, so your first step would basically be to go onto the SARS e-filing website um, and register yourself as a, a an e-filer. Um, through doing that, your taxpayer, oh sorry, the employer would have uploaded your RP5 onto their system, and as soon as you put your ID number and your tax number in, they would pre-populate all of that information onto their tax return. Okay. So there's a lot of stuff I don't have to remember. My employer will have done it for That's me. correct. The things I do have to remember are what? Well, um, medical aid contributions. Um, you get a tax credit for your contribution that you make towards your own medical aid. Um, you need to remember to include uh, interest income. From your investments, that's not sent through to SARS. Well, it's wait, sent hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Already, I've, oh no, I, no, no, I've never heard, never heard that one before. That's a new one for me. So, interest, what investments? Interest, <laughs> interest, what on investments? <laughs> your interest that you earn on investments. All right, so uh, that information is sent through to the receiver, but they don't pre-populate it onto your tax return. So that statement that I get. From Stan Lib or whoever. Yeah. That's important. You'll only get it, you should get it around about May, July, and it will be an IT3B. And that would uh, be a summary of all your interest earned for the year, as well as an IT3C, which will be a capital gain or losses that you've earned or realized. Okay, so capital gains I know about. You know, you sell a house, capital gains. But yeah, they don't put that onto an IT3C. Um, that's additional information that you'll have to then collate yourself. Um, and if you're not sure what to do, rather go see a tax practitioner. Or go to SARS office. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for me. <laughs> this is not a good way to be starting this particular show. There's a lot of stuff here. I thought I was savvy. I've been doing this tax thing for a number of years. And so I, I thought I really was tax savvy. So what's the list? What's the list of documents that I need to compile? To get going. So okay. even before I go on on the e-filing hanahana, yes. right? What's the documents that I need to get? Look, to, to go on to e-filing, right? That is your, your first step. And to do that, you'll need your ID book, right? <laughs> so you need to go on to SARS e-filing website. You need to register and you will have to send through your ID, a copy of your ID for them to activate it. 
once that's activated, now I can start collating all your information. Now, that would depend on what you do and what sources of income you have. Um, your starting point would be an RP5. It's always good just to – that's your summary for all your earnings that you earn from your employer. Um, and you, that you get from HR. You Correct. Okay. And you that, that is sent through to SARS, and it's already pre-populated onto the SARS tax return, as I said. But it's good to check that they've got the correct information because sometimes – Finger trouble does happen, and you get someone else's RP5. Um, so it's very important to check that. Then from there on, you'll have to get your medical aid contribution certificate from your medical aid, um, like I said, the IT3B. And then if on your RP5 you have a travel allowance, you are required to keep a logbook of all your travel. Otherwise, because you don't get fully taxed on the travel allowance, um, but if you don't put in a travel claim, Against that travel allowance, there will be tax due at the end of the year on assessment. So it's very important. And Let's you need talk about that travel claim. <laughs> <laughs> you need to keep detailed um, information on when you traveled, where you traveled to, the distance, and what it was for. Yes, like. Can I quickly ask you a question? They. I know a couple of years ago they actually requested that you only do the log on their logbook. Is that still applicable? Not as far as I know. I know they do have a logbook, but yes. nowadays, you know, you get these clever logbook keeper thingies that you can plug into your um, into your lighter, in your, where you plug your lighter into your car, yeah. and, and that actually records everything. So, and then that I would imagine extracts the information into an Excel spreadsheet or okay. So, so that's not a necessity. No, it's not all a necessity. Right. Okay, it's not a necessity. So, but you have to keep all those documents. And if you don't, if you haven't, so if you're hearing for the first time right now that there's a travel allowance and you've got to keep this like logbook thing. Uh, I hope you kept the detailed uh, diary because in, <laughs> for the next two weeks, you're going to be sitting, going back into history, finding out what you did for the last year. Sure. Can you, can you just not put that information in there? You can, but then there's going to be a tax liability for you because you weren't taxed fully on the, on the travel allowance. On a monthly basis. Sure. Okay. But it also is very nice to have that travel logbook because it assists you in getting a refund from SARS most of the time. Am I correct? That is correct. If it's, if it's accurately if, done. If you have a logbook and your travel allowance was calculated correctly, you will get a tax refund back from SARS because essentially what it is is SARS is reimbursing you for costs incurred in the production of income. And... If your logbook was calculated correctly by whoever decided what your 2,000 rand a month or whatever the number is, and you traveled sufficiently to cover the travel allowance, the taxes, you would have paid 70% of the taxes on, um, on the travel allowance. And that, those taxes will then be refunded to you. Do you ever have to hand those documents in? Like that logbook, do you have yes. to submit yes. it when you submit your tax return? Yeah. They can even audit you and ask you for the originals. Am I correct in saying yep. that? Because it's happened to yep. me. Nowadays, it's with everything being electronic. I think they, they audit a lot more uh, taxpayers. As soon as you file it and they say, look, there's random audits and then there's an audit because you're getting 20,000 rand back. Um, so they would then ask you for supporting documentation to support everything that you've submitted in your tax return. So that would then be your IT3B, IT3C, your logbook, medical aid contribution certificate. How long do you have to keep those? Do they only audit it in the year that you're submitting it? Or is it going to be a thing of five years from now, somebody comes back to me and says, we're auditing your tax and we need to see all your submissions from the past 10 years? Um, if there is anything fraudulent, they can go back <laughs> to 1901. So there's no limitation if they suspect fraud. There's no limitation. So you have to keep every time you submit stuff, you have to keep it. If they suspect fraud. So I keep mine. I would keep yours. You How keep long do yours. you keep yours for? Um, I've got mine back going far because I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know. What have what you happens. been up to, you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a precaution measure because I'm used to dealing with this. <laughs> and. This, so you you said if you if you get like twenty thousand rand back, is there a bracket of how much you could get back, or because it's both ways? Hey, you could get back, or you could have to pay more. Hundred percent. But um, look, I don't think there's a bracket. What's right is right, and what's wrong is wrong. Um, 
your, the numbers tell their own story. So file everything 100% the way it should be. And whether you have to pay in or whether the receiver must pay you 100,000 rand, it doesn't really matter because the numbers speak for themselves. Other things that, that one could be doing to lessen the amount of tax that you pay? Um, you can contribute towards a retirement annuity. Um, in doing that, you're not really decreasing the, well, you are decreasing the tax that you're paying, but you've got a cash outflow because you're contributing towards the fund, but it's, it's, it, it's helping you in the long run, um, to save. For me, that's what we call a personal pension fund. And that's why people are actually rewarded for taking out an, a retirement annuity. So the government is actually rewarding us for doing something for ourselves so that they don't have to look after us when we get old. Oh, because if you've got an annuity, if you've got a, a, retirement, a, a annuity. retirement annuity, you don't get government pension. No, you might. No, but the thing is, though, that if you don't get any type of income, that's when the government looks after you. Okay. So a personal pension fund is a retirement annuity. So... Every year what you'll find is that people will contact their financial advisors and request from them for their contribution certificates. So that's really the monies that they've paid into the retirement annuity, which is then part of the tax um, claims that they can put into it. Mm-hmm. So it's brilliant. Okay. So there's re- can you have more than one yes. retirement yep. annuity? You can have as many as you want. Okay. And, and what about, and then there's the medical aid. So it's medical aid, it's retirement annuity, and if you've got any investments. Yes. Th- that also lessens the amount of tax that no, you're No, 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 the investments will increase. Because you've earned interest. So you, you need to pay the, the receiver their portion of your income. You pay the portion of the interest. <laughs> of the interest, correct. Up front. Yeah, but hold on. I thought you pay that when you take the money out of the No, no, the no, no, but that's the not interest. Okay. Okay. So on the interest, you also get an exemption. So you won't pay from rent number one. There is an exemption that they can apply or that they always apply. Um, that's basically if you earn 100 rand, they're not interested to get the 18 rand from your 100 rand. Um, yeah. Thank goodness. Michelle, is that like this tax? We had a conversation about tax-free The tax-free savings savings. account, I think, is to not lessen this type of interest that is actually gained by individuals. However, it's a product which has been structured around the fact that you will not be taxed on this type of product because of the structure and also because of the amounts that are put in. And I think that's what Jack is saying now, is that there are limitations to the amounts that you will be charged interest on, on your interest. <laughs> okay. No, that's, that's cool. Which but is fair. Is there a limitation to how much tax one has to pay? No, the more you earn, the more tax you pay. But the, on the sliding scale, it's around about 40%. That's where it caps out. So 40% if you're earning, and is, is there, Talk to me about the sliding scale. So let me understand the sliding okay. scale first before I ask this it's, question. It uh, gets a bit complicated, but it starts out, again, you only start paying income tax if you earn, I think it's about 70,000 rand. Because there's also a year. A year, correct. So that's about 5,300 yeah, a month? correct. Yeah. So um, there's an exemption as well that you apply, and if you apply it, you only start paying from 70,000 rand upwards, um, and you start paying 18%. Um, from there, as you go up, the, you move up on, on the sliding scale, 20, 25%, you go up t- till you reach the cap, which is about 40%. Mm-hmm. And then the, there is, and it's all calculated on an individual basis. Correct. So I shouldn't be going, hey, I earn this amount of money and you earn the same amount of money. We should be paying the same amount of tax. If that is the only income that person A and person B earn, it should be the same. If there's no travel allowance, if you have a travel allowance and I don't have a travel allowance, you should pay less tax than I pay. What are taxable incomes? So what what falls into the, the kind of income that gets taxed? Any income earned is taxable. So if I'm renting out my Your cottage at the cottage. back, it's taxable. You should be declaring that on your tax return under other income. But at the same time... You should then be able to claim part of your rates and taxes as well as your security, whatever expenses you incur at home. If that cottage, for instance, is 20% of the size of the property, you should be able to claim 20% of all the expenses that you incur on the property. Would that work the same for a home office? 
Correct. Home offices would be similar to that. And w- for me to calculate it, do I have to calculate it myself? That it's 20% of yeah. the So basically property? an easy way that you can do is take the square meterage of the property. Of the property. You take the square meterage of the house and the cottage. And then you can add on, say, 10% for communal use because people have to come in and out and all of that. And then you have your number. And what about um, if I sell my townhouse? So I sell my townhouse. I have another property that I live on and I sell a property. Okay. Does that is that additional? Okay. So now <laughs> on that note, if it is your primary res- residence that you're selling, if that's the only property. Because um, I'm selling to rent now. Or I'm selling um, to move somewhere else. Correct. Yeah, so you, you've stayed in a little two-bedroom flat, but now you want a house. So you're selling up your house, and then you're going to move into a, a little cottage somewhere while you're looking for another property. The house that you sold is your primary residence because it's your only residence. There's an exemption on that as well. So unless you make a, a gain of more than 2.5 million rand on that flat that, that you're selling, um, there will not be any taxes. Right. Now... You have your primary residence and you have another flat. Now you're selling the other flat. So that's not your primary residence. You bought the flat for 500,000 rand. You're selling it for 750,000 rand. 250,000 rand is the gain that you've made. Um, again, this is on the assumption that you've bought the property after. You've paid it off. No, no. Nothing to do with pay. Just that you bought the property after 1 October 2001. Because that's when capital gains tax came in. After 1 October 2001. So anything 2000 and... Okay, that's not us. Yeah? (laughs) I'm just checking, checking here, right? (laughs) Um, So that 250,000 rand, you will include 33% of that 250,000 rand, which is the capital gains rate, and that 33% will then go into your taxable income. And then that adds onto that amount that goes onto the sliding scale, so it pushes you up on the sliding scale. But only for that... Only the 33% of the 250,000 rand. Okay. But what happens if you get divorced and the other, the other spouse gets the property? Is that the, because then to transfer the property into the other person? No. You see, the, uh, interspouse donations is tax free. Okay. So if you have a clever lawyer, they should be able to help you to be tax efficient. <laughs> I think the tax efficiency, I think the, the question that comes to mind is there's a lot of calculations that have to happen here. That is, and, and you need to provide that information. If you're not do, filing your own return, you need to at least provide that information to the tax practitioner because how will I know that you've sold the property and what the cost was and what the – even if you renovated the property, that becomes a bit more complicated because you bought it at 500 you spent another 150000 but if you don't give me that information, I won't know that your base cost is actually higher. Uh-huh. So tell me, what should I be asking? So now I've made the decision. You know, after this kind of conversation, I've made the decision that I'm not filing my own nothing. All right? <laughs> Let somebody else do this. Right? What should I be asking to know that the person I'm giving all my information to is correct? Is the right person, you know, the right tax practitioner. It's very difficult because if you are not tax literate, you will not know whether that person is pulling wool over your eyes. For me, I think a really nice thing to do is the way I looked at tax practitioners, and I looked at a few before I got to my tax practitioner, is very simply looking at how they are structured, word of mouth number one, always important. Number two, once you sit down with a person with a file, and they can give you an estimate of what you either going to pay in or get out. And at the end of the term of or the year, when that tax filing is completed, how accurate that person was to how much did I pay in or how much did I get out? Then you've got a winner. Mm-hmm. But they need to ask you the right question. So if somebody just comes to you and says, just bring me RP 5 that means that they're not asking you the right questions to actually do a good job. Now, look, we've got a questionnaire that we send out to all our clients. We say to them, it's filing season. Um, please can you get the following information uh, together? And it's a complete <laughs> list of everything and anything. And it's about 36 <laughs> pages. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite so bad. <laughs> um, but, I mean, we do that. And then at the bottom, we say anything else that you deem necessary. I mean, because like I said earlier, you might be selling 
your grandmother's ring or something that nobody knows about. Um, and that you're going to say, yeah, but it wasn't on the list. Well, it, it's the last line that says anything else that you deem uh, applicable. So. so even like stuff like that, stuff like heirlooms, like if I've if I've fallen onto hard times and Look, now there, I'm selling. There is a section of the act called personal um, personal assets. Uh, it might fall under that. So if you ever have to sell your mother's heirloom, just come speak to me and we can see if we can make a plan. <laughs> That's interesting because I didn't realize that that had to form part of the information that is given N- not in your tax. If it, if it qualifies as a personal asset, it doesn't have to. Okay, perfect. But sure. so there's there's a it's look. I think one of the things that for me makes this kind of show so important is because dealing with SARS is scary. No, they make you scared. <laughs> yeah, do they? Yeah. I'm always worried they're going to come and ask me for stuff that I don't have. It is scary because we only <laughs> have to fill these things in once a year. So once a year. So how long is the relationship with the tax practitioner? Is it an annual experience for two hours once a year? And do I have to keep a tax practitioner on my books, you know, is it like an, <laughs> Look, a monthly expense? That I it, it is a good thing to deal with the same tax practitioner because you get to know the person and he gets to know you and he knows what's going on in your life. If you jump from one tax practitioner to another next year, I'm not saying there's a problem with that. I'm just saying that it, it becomes a bit more difficult to, to get your ducks in a row. It just, you have to be more involved if you're moving tax practitioners because if you stay with the same tax practitioner, that tax, uh, tax practitioner knows your business. They always have the base from last year. Correct. They also understand what happens in your life. So they are really there. They're like, they're like the lawyers, the psychiatrists, the psychologists. They're those people, the hairdressers, you know, the kind of people that you're always talking to. <laughs> That's those people. That's Yaku. <laughs> no, it is. Yaku, it's honestly like looking her. at you. I don't know. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put you up there, and just people can make their own decision. But this is, but, and and the kind you know. Do do I have to have a a person a, a relationship with this person? Because what is how what do kind I know? Of a relationship this is what I need now. to understand. <laughs> this is what I need to understand. How much disclosure I have to all make. disclosure. Let them decide what they need and they don't need. Because it's like it's like a lawyer. It's confidentiality. It's like a financial advisor. It's like confidentiality. So whatever you tell me is confidential. And I think it's important to rather tell them everything and for them to say, listen, I didn't hear this or I heard that. <laughs> Sorry, okay. I would never do that. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> well, let's talk about the things that can get you into trouble. Well, let's start with the logbook. If you claim... Okay, the logbook also works on a sliding scale. So let's say I drive a VW Golf. But for tax purposes, I drive a 330 BMW, which is high in cost and uh, puts you high up in the bracket. So the claim that you can put in is bigger. SARS has actually, for one of my clerks, called him and said to me they need to bring the vehicle to the Johannesburg uh, office and they want to inspect to see that you're driving a white VW Golf. So I, I was actually amazed. I never, ever thought that it, that would happen. It actually did happen. It happened to one of my staff members. So he had to go drive through. They checked the mileage on the vehicle. They checked that it was a white vehicle, and whatever vehicle it was, and the registration number. Oh, my goodness. Yep. So they will catch you. Yes, eventually. Odometer readings. Accurate odometer readings. Because if you don't... And you inflate it, and they find out that you were lying. The Auto Central comes Big up after this show, trouble. but I have to ask what odometer. Which one is that number? That's, which one that's is the your odometer actual number? In other words, that shows you how far you've gone. So I started today off at 2013, and I ended off today at 2056. That's my odometer reading. Okay, so, so that's the one the, that yeah. you, you so look the, at for yeah. the service. So on the 28th yes. of okay. Feb, on the 28th of Feb, they say to you, what did your odometer reading say? On the 28th of February. Is that, is that the, the bracket? So filing starts on the 1st of July. But that's the, the, but you've the, got the to tax stop year on the is for when? Yeah. From the 1st of March, sorry, yeah. to the yeah. 28th of Feb. But now remember, after the 28th of Feb, then they have to issue your RP files that go through to SARS. Um, and then only after that's all been done um, can the filing stop. 
Oh, so they've got all of the. So the employer yes. has submitted all of Correct. that stuff already. Yes. And that's that. So in order for it to pre-populate. Correct. That was the end of May. Was the deadline for the employer to file your RP five. And if so, if you if you're not employed, if you are self-employed or yes. a freelancer, I was reading a very interesting statistic about the number of people that are freelancers. Mm-hmm. That the, the, because a lot of people now work in what's called the knowledge economy. A lot of people have lots of different types of jobs and work hours or flexi time. And yep. so they're not employed by Cliff Central. Yes. They're employed by themselves. Yes. How does that work? Right. So now, just touching on that, you can work for Cliff Central and have another job. But then what would happen is both of those incomes would be added together. And so Cliff Central, you would pay 18% tax. And let's say your other employer, or um, let's 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 say you've got two employers, you, you pay eighteen percent tax here and eighteen percent tax here, but now when you add that together, you were supposed to have paid twenty percent tax because you went up on the sliding scale. So that's something to look out for because employer A and employer B are not aware of, of one another, um, and in the process you're paying too little tax. Once you file your tax return, you will then be assessed and you'll have a tax liability for the shortfall of the 2% in my example. Okay. No, but in your example, I've overpaid no, because no. I've paid two eighteen percent Yeah. Yes, but you're not, not 20% in total. You should have paid 20 well, so, sorry, on each you, side. Yeah, 20 on each side. Okay. Are you with me? Okay. Because your income is now higher than the, what, the 18% that you were originally being taxed at. Oh, so each, but each pro, person that I do a service for gets taxed differently? Well, if you're self-employed, now it comes down to you, you become a provisional taxpayer, right? So you won't be paying on a monthly basis, uh, pay as you earn. You'll pay twice a year, once in August and once in February. Um, You will then either have to calculate yourself what your uh, profitability is, or you'll have to get an accountant to assist you with that. Um, So by July, you will have to look at the first uh, five months, and then you, you'll have to annualize that income and, dis- and to determine what you estimate your income to be, and you'll have to then pay provisional tax on that by the end of August to SARS. Um, again, if you are employed by someone else and you're doing this, it makes it a bit difficult because you've got more than one source of income, and it might move you up in the tax bracket um, as per my previous example. Oi. This this requires uh, this requires a bit of a break. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Dave from A1 Builders in Pretoria. Yeah. It's Dan. I found your number on the internet and I need you to build me a room, the purpose of which I cannot disclose. What? Fine. It's a sunroom. Can you start immediately? It's 4 a.m. I'm sure it's 4 a.m. somewhere, Dave, but here in SA, it's 10. You mean USA? There's more than one Pretoria out there. For the quickest and most efficient way to find what you're looking for, start your search with yellowpages.co.za or download the app Yellow Pages for local, reliable results. Yep, it's more of the good stuff. You're listening to Woman. I'm sitting here with Yaku Smith, who's a tax practitioner, and Michelle Dave. I know it's a little bit early, but it's, hey, no romance without finance, hey? (laughs) (laughs) And if you do have a J-O-P, you need to hear this, because in two weeks' time, on the 1st of July, it's filing season again. I've been seeing those ads running out there. And every time I see SARS, I know it makes me feel a little bit sweaty. I don't know about other people out there. We're talking about tax. We're talking about what you should be filing, what you what you should be putting on your tax return, and and really the important things to remember when you're putting in your tax. Because you know, hey, they'll always get you death, death and taxes. That's what Michelle put on her. <laughs> that you can avoid everything else. You just can't avoid the tax. And so we're talking about taxes. Before we went on that little break, we were talking about freelance work. Yes. And Michelle, while you were out, we were chatting about, so what if you're a freelancer that does 
not just for two companies, but you do lots of work for lots of different people. Do all of those people file IRP fives on your behalf and then your tax return is like 50 pages long? Well, some of them, in some instances, they will pay over PAYE on your behalf. Other instances, they won't. So it depends on a, a couple of variables. What you can do to limit your um, the tax so that you don't overpay your taxes and then have a shortfall during the months and get a big refund at the end of the year because you want to try and, and pay the correct amount of taxes to get a directive. Now, the, the way that you do that is you have to basically put together an income and expenses spreadsheet um, and then you go to sales and say, listen, this is what I do. I work for lots of different people. Um, this is my income. I base it on previous experience and what I expect. Um, so my taxable income for the year is going to be 200,000 rand. Um, tax due, oh, sorry, in, yeah, tax due on that is say 21%. And SARS will then issue you with a directive of 21%. You then hand this directive to all your various employers and they then simply deduct 21% and pay that over to SARS on your behalf. So the reason why you do that is you might work for, for a company and in one month you earned 200,000 rand, let's say. Um, so on 200,000 rand for one month, you're going to have to pay 40% tax. But now the, for the six months thereafter, you don't earn any income. But now you've already paid 40% across to SARS, which is in an overpayment to SARS, and you can only get that back after audit and verification and verification of bank details and whatever else SARS um, unfortunately <laughs> has to do to curb um, corruption. Now, you know, you do know that SARS currently has a, a, an embargo. No one's allowed to talk to any kind of media. No one's allowed to talk to any <laughs> so kind of media. So we got away with it last year, not this year. Not this year. Oh, my gosh. No, last year we did this. We phoned SARS, and it was the last minute, and this woman answered the phone and said, you're just going to just hold on half a second. We'll put it on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> this year they're not taking any chances. There's too, there's too many things happening at SARS right now. They don't want, like, some person going, sorry, that rule has changed. <laughs> so <we> just <laughs> but, I mean, talking about... The um, audits and the verifications and the banking details and the this and that. How long? So on the 1st of July, I think it's open for two months. How long is it open for? Uh, um, it's, uh, it opens the 1st of July. The deadline for non-e-filers, um, sorry, non-provisional taxpayers will be end of November. Mm-hmm. Then... Um, the so pre- you have five months. Correct. And you then don't have to do it on the 1st. No. But okay. don't wait until the last day, because that's what most of South Africa does. And you'll <laughs> and see the e-filing site c- correct. So <laughs> and then you're late. And, and then, then you're they late. are paying penalties. Yes. Okay, so just do it. Anyway, it ended the year ended in February, so yes. you should have all the information by correct. now. Okay. Yeah. So but well, how long does it take? So what's the step process? It's actually very quick. Um if you have all your information, you go into SARS e filing, you log in. Uh, your RP5 will be there. You put in your medical aid information. Oh, sorry. Let's just backtrack one step. When you open up your e-filing profile, there'll be a whole bunch of questions that you need to answer. All those questions then open up separate sections of the um, tax return. So if you, for argument's sake, the, uh, you rented out a property and there's a question, other income including rental of properties? Yes. How many? One. If you do that, it will open up a section for you to, to complete. If you don't do that, then that section won't be there. So you're going to have this income that you don't have place to put it in. So it's very important to fill in that first page accurately. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So now you go, then you go through your tax return, your RP5 will be there, you put your medical aid in, your rental of your property. I um, would suggest if you have more than one uh, IT3B, the interest that you earn, that you make a spreadsheet for yourself to say this is how I got to that number because there's only one line item that you put for um, interest. So you put the interest in, you put your capital gain in, and if you're happy with it, you press file. And nine, 90% of those tax returns will be assessed within 15 seconds. 15 seconds? Correct. Really? That, it is so quick. Then you get an email back telling you. get an you email back to say that there's an assessment. Please log on. But before you get the email, the next, um, if you click on something else on the e-filing website, it will actually, uh, there would be a pop-up 
it would say you've been assessed, please click here to open your assessment. And then on that assessment, it will tell you exactly what's going on, whether there's a refund or um, a tax due. And if there's a problem, then you can phone me. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of that tax due, so so the e-filing is quick and easy, as you say. And it'll it'll pop up and you'll get an email and it'll tell you if you're getting a refund and they've got all your banking details, the money's going to come through to you. Yeah, in a perfect world. (laughs) 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 No, so what will happen is you'll, so it will, sometimes it will say, yes, you've got a a refund due. And the next moment you will log on, you can go look in your statement of account and it will actually tell you that the refund is scheduled to to be paid out in two days time. Um, unfortunately, sometimes there are hiccups in the system. And for whatever reason, they might want to verify your banking details. You can try and verify it electronically online. Sometimes they request you to come in. Um, and these things are all ma- um, put in place to protect the taxpayers because, unfortunately, there's been fraudulent transactions where um, incorrect people were paid out. F- uh, so they paid Pumi's uh, refund out to myself. Um, but that is maliciously. So I went and I updated Pumi's banking details with mine. Uh-huh. That is why they want you to come and visit them. I see. So, but then what will, and this, we had this conversation last year and she said, you'll never get an email from SARS saying click through here to verify your details. You will verify your details either in person or. Yeah. If if you receive an email like that, please just ignore it. It's a phishing thing. They just want all your banking details so they can clear out your account. (laughs) But if you have to pay SARS back, so if there's a shortfall and you have to pay in. It is very easy. On that assessment, it will say you owe them 10 rand. You say pay now. Pay now. You can load your banking details and you can pay them directly. Do an internet transfer. If it's a large amount though, is it true that they will actually allow you to pay it off? So say now, for instance, I owe them 50,000 rand. Yep. Your? How would that work? Do they allow me to pay it off over a period of time? And is there interest on that? Look, they obviously want you to pay the amount right now. Um, but they do understand that you can't sometimes pay it. Um, I stand to be corrected, but I think the interest that they leave is about 15.5% or something to that effect. And they do give you time to pay it off. Um, you can apply for that, uh, but then they want to see your banking details, your assets and liabilities. It's a big, long process. Alternatively, what, what people do is they just decide by themselves that they will be paying it off over the next three months. And they SARS can see that there's movement on the account, so generally they're not too... Difficult when it comes to that. So if they see me putting in 15,000 rand initially, they're not going to huck me for the... No, they should be all right. All right. What are the things that get you into trouble with SARS? (laughs) If you're unethical. (laughs) If you're unethical, if you do something that you shouldn't be doing. What's ethical? That is a cop-out. Sorry, (laughs) Yako. I'm not accepting that answer. I need a proper answer. What are the things that get you into trouble with SARS? If you claim expenses that you have not incurred, because in essence, you must remember any... Expenses in the production of income is deductible. But now, when you start inflating expenses to decrease your profit for, um, for people that, 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 um, trade, their own yeah, that trade in their own names, um, you know, it becomes a bit hairy because SARS then requests the tax practitioner to provide all the information and we do. But now this was based on information received from Pumi. Um, now all of a sudden they want to go look at all the slips. So, Pumi said, no, um, I spent a hundred thousand rand on petrol. Okay. So where are the slips? Mm-hmm. And now they start adding that up and it doesn't add up. And then they start digging deeper and deeper and deeper. And Pumi starts sweating and sweating and sweating. You know, that lunch we went out the other day and we spent 400 rand. <laughs> okay. It was on a Sunday. And I kept the slips. That's it. That's not an expense. It's <laughs> not, <laughs> not a taxable expense. <laughs> What are taxable expenses? What are taxable expenses? You know, people keep slips for everything. What is a taxable expense? As long as it is in the production of income, it's deductible. So even if you've got a membership with a professional body, you can actually put that in as part of your expenses. Correct. So, Sana, for instance, in our industry, we've got something called the FPI. And with the FPI, we've got a yearly membership. I can actually put that in as part of the expenses when I claim. For my mm. personal taxes. So, 
But Yaku, you were telling me earlier, so in the production of income, you get taxed if you're renting out a place. That's great. You get taxed on that on the amount that you get. So the if the cottage, there is profit. If the there cottage is profit. at the back of your house. Yes. You're renting it out for five thousand rands a month. Yes. Um and you pay you're still paying off your bond. Okay. And this five thousand rand becomes part of the, the bond repayment as it were. Yeah? Yeah. And there's maintenance stuff. Yeah, so on that property. So how do how okay, does that work? It, it becomes a bit complicated if you've got a cottage at the back because you're renting it out for 5,000 rand. So it's an expense, and it's all in your personal name. So there's an expense in your personal name, and then you're, you're renting it out, so there's income in your personal name. So they actually net, net each other off. Um, but should you have a second property that you're renting out, uh, it's very important to keep accurate records of everything related to that property, your rates and taxes, levies, water and lights, um, repairs and maintenance, Anything related to that property because it's, like I said earlier, it is very important to, to know that any expenses incurred in the production of income is tax deductible. But you need to keep accurate records of that. I can't just say that um, I painted the house and it cost <laughs> me 10,000 rand. And I actually didn't do that, so that would get you into trouble. <laughs> so you are a tax practitioner. What are some of the, the hairier experiences that you've had with some clients and the Misrepresentation of information. Is that the right? For, is that the right? Yeah, that is misrepresentation the right. of information. <laughs> Look, um, generally, I, I think people are tax compliant. Um, I think. Yeah, because we are bloody scared. <laughs> <laughs> well, then SARS has done a very good job, but they're not. Um, you know, I think with the bigger companies, obviously, there's there's more scope for maneuvering. Um, with the, the most people nowadays. The receiver already has all the information before we have it. Like I said, the IT3Bs are sent through to them. So they actually know. And and what, what we have had is where a taxpayer forgot um, that he earned interest from F&B of, say, 50,000 Rand or whatever the number is. And we would file the return. And SARS would get back to us and say, please send through supporting documentation. We send it through. And then on the back of that, they would just say, uh, we've raised an additional assessment uh, with information that we had. And then you would look and you would see, okay, there's 50,000 rand interest. So then I'd say to the taxpayer, do you, are you What's wet? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't know. <laughs> Let me look. Oh, yeah, no, I forgot. No, but this is a real thing because like I, I said to you, like I didn't know about yeah. the interest on, the interest on, on investments. Yes. So, you know. Yeah, no, look, there, there are people who are, that are wealthy and that actually lose track of, um, of all their income. And, I don't think it's malicious, um, but it, it does happen. And, and I think SARS is, is also – look, if you come clean and you say, okay, you're fine, that, that is the case. Sorry, I made a mistake. They, they're not too bad, but you need to be cognizant of the fact that when you file your return, it needs to be accurate to, for, for, because they can always levy a penalty. SARS can levy a penalty anything from 20% to 200% if you did not – Disclose everything to them. Two hundred percent of what? Two hundred percent of the tax liability. So if you were supposed to pay twenty rand and you didn't, you can now pay the twenty rand and a penalty of forty rand. Oh my goodness! So now you can sweat a bit more. Can they throw you in jail? <laughs> they can in certain instances. What would what those, would those yeah. be? Okay, if it's fraudulent, um, if, if if you committed fraud, I mean that's you can go to jail. But but it has to be, I suppose, yeah. on, a, on a reasonable scale, yeah, not look, for 20 rand. No, no, no. It, it, that's a, it's, <laughs> extreme. <laughs> it's extreme cases. I mean, they would, first of all, come for your assets. Um, well, then can I ask about um, Julius? <laughs> no, seriously, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> can um, it get written off? Yeah, that, no, that's why I'm asking, because I really don't understand how somebody can have a 13 million rand deficit with no. SARS and then it disappears. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Yaku. No, no, you actually don't have to answer. No, that. Yaku looks difficult. like he wants to answer that. Um, <laughs> but there must be a reason behind that. Yeah, you collect, uh, connect it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank yes. you. That, that was a brilliant answer. Thank you. <laughs> but, but what happened?
happens if what does happen Yaku, seriously you see your return you see the assessment and you you think that it's been incorrectly calculated and you really believe that it has been incorrectly calculated and that the information is not you know what i'm saying yeah. so if you see a discrepancy what can you do no that it does happen um on that same it's actually very easy Again, e-filing has made this whole process so easy. Um, previously, you had to go in and go see someone and get a piece of paper and file it and hope that the piece of paper then, because it needs to go from wherever you file it to the Alberton office, and then it's going to go missing between there and the Alberton office. I've been to that Alberton <laughs> office. <laughs> so electronically now, you go onto the assessment, and on the assessment there's a button that says object, and you can just object, and you can explain to them what, what needs to happen, and they will look at that. You file it, you need to file supporting documentation with that, um, and they've got 90 working days to resolve that, which is quite long. That's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, Yako, I am a, I work for myself, and I want to come and see you about my tech stuff. What do I bring along? Um, Besides my ID. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to bring along everything that's, um, Related to your income and your expenses for the year. I know that's a very broad um, answer, but unfortunately it differs from person to person. Mm -hmm. You might have a property that you're renting out. The next person might be a sole proprietor. So, But it's all my expenses and all my income. Yeah, all your, ex all your expenses incurred in the production of income. So, yeah. that so it's not the, that lunch. And no, the not that lunch. <laughs> well, you might be able if you discuss. Well, work if we worked, if we actually spoke about today's show, yes, we could. Okay. But the lingerie from La Senza, sorry. Well, it depends. Depending what kind what of business you do you for work? <laughs> <laughs> could be for work. <laughs> but so it's got to be so all expenses. I, I like that because it, it then makes it very clear for me that all expenses related to the production of income. So whether I'm driving to go to a meeting, whether I'm sitting at Europa with a client for meetings or sitting at Europa working from Europa, that yep. can be like that's right. and and spend my whole day there. Yeah. And so that and I've got to keep all those slips. Yep. I've got to make a spreadsheet. Yeah. Ooh, this is the this is actually ne? it sounds like it's for people with O C D. Really does. Yeah, it does it, assist. Because I think the thing that'll assist you is if you could at the end of each month or at the end of each day populate a little Excel document with what you've done today, where, yeah. where you've been, what you so that come the end of the year I can just print that thing out and all the slips nicely. Or you can put all the slips in, in a, a box. Packet. In a box and then at the end of the year Give it to your tax practitioner. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one more question on that because that's a very interesting thing just about the slips themselves. Would they accept if you take your credit card or your debit card statements and where you've actually now highlighted that I took Pumi out thing. and so Look, on? Because that is proof that I was at the place. But it's not the paid, tax invoice. So I, they won't accept that. In certain instances, in certain instances they would, but I would not advocate that you need to do that because um, those slips fade. I know. After a year, that's what it's I was going to say. Yeah. I'm looking for this. I've yeah. got some slips here from they, when I went to Milan. You can hardly read the thing. First of all, they're all written in Farsi. You know, they've got that <laughs> stuff. But I was in Iran on business, right? So this this is an important thing. Yeah. And, but the slips have now faded. I was only there three weeks ago, and I've still got them in my little book here. And they now they've now faded, and they. I know, it is a problem. Uh, I was involved in a big audit on one of my clients, and we had to go back five, six, seven years. <gasps> and oh, my word. No. that goes for those credit card slips as well. Cause yes. Because they fade. Correct. Those things that, and that fact, was those our, things fade in a week. <laughs> so now imagine what we had to go through for. What 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 would SARS then do in what that instance? What do you instance? do then? Well, it's, it's difficult. We then, like, okay, look, these credit card statements were for, um, they were trying to prove the money that went through the business. So it's sales. So okay. we then just check that back to the bank statement because obviously that would have been banked in the bank statement. Yeah. But it, it does become a problem if you're presenting a slip to SARS and you can't mm. read it. But it is reality those slips do fade. Yeah. Especially your petrol slips. So that's why it's important to, yeah. to do it on a daily basis like you proposed. <laughs> For me. No. No. <laughs> no. Get that shoebox out now. <laughs> It's a lot. Eh? It's a lot to think about. I mean, for an individual person, it's a lot to yeah, think about. Yeah. 
but so quick recap in in order to avoid paying lots of tax yeah yep. you should be paying for your own annual and uh, retirement annuity yes you should be paying for your own medical aid yes what else What's that other thing that, that you should be paying for? No, that was about that. Those are the two things. Yeah. Only those two things get you a and tax deduction. It's not a huge tax break. I mean, but it does make a difference. It does make a difference. Yes, but don't expect millions of rands back. Okay, so it's not going to be millions of rands back, but you're going to pay less. Yes, and from a retirement annuity point of view, you're saving the tax that you would have paid. So part of that retirement annuity contribution, you would have paid to SARS in anyway. Correct. Because it's after tax. So if you're paying 30% tax, 30% of your retirement annuity is effectively paid by sales. Yeah. Nice. I like that. They give us something back. And you will get into trouble for inaccurate logbooks. Unless you know the right people. (laughs) Inaccurate records. (laughs) Inaccurate records, inaccurate logbooks, inaccuracy of any kind will get you into trouble. So if you weren't scared, now you must be scared. Thank you very much, Yaku. Thank you. <laughs> and then just one final thing. If if I'm listening to the show today and I think Yaku sounds like a, a good enough guy to be to be doing my taxes, how does one get hold of you? Well, you can contact my office on 011-442-3010. Alternatively, you can email me, yaku at gz.co.za. That's G for Gorilla, Z for Zebra. Um, we also have a website www.gz.co.za And like like I assumed, a tax practitioner, he's got no social, he's got no social life. You can't get him on any, you can't get him on any social network. There's That's no just the way that, that it is. We work too hard. <laughs> yeah, right. But thank you for coming in, Yaku, and having a chat with us. I think you've, you've, you've really opened up my eyes to a number of things that I'd never thought about. But I think you may also have like maybe started a little bit of OCD in me. Michelle? Guys, really, tax filing, try not to wait until the last minute. And even if it does mean spending a couple of weekends doing that logbook because you forgot to and getting the shoebox for your tax practitioner, do it. Do a little Excel spreadsheet with all your information on it, populate it, put it onto a memory stick, take it through to your tax practitioner. It's worth it. I I wouldn't do it on my own, honestly. (laughs) Just don't have the sense of humor. (laughs) Yeah, it does sound like, but it also sounds like e-filing is the way to go. And also, yeah, but also speak to your financial advisors to get you those contribution certificates and to get your medical aid certificate so that you can actually put that in with your tax return. Sure. This is it. We're talking tax. I hope come the 1st of July, the weather is, look, the weather is conducive. You should stay indoors for a couple of days. Make yourself a cup of coffee and just file all your tags. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's one o'clock. Let me look out here. I haven't seen the motor guys yet. I think but they are, yeah. I, I, I saw a lady with a Ducati shirt, a, a jacket on, so I'm sure they're here. Oh, yeah. Coming up go. next, Motor Central. And we will see you again next week. Cliffcentral.com.